How you guys doing this morning? Good, good, awesome. My voice, some of you knew um, this week my voice was going away. Um, Wednesday, I couldn't even really lead Bible study, so we had to combine freshmen and sophomores. But by God's grace, voice coming back. Not 100%, um, probably about 80%. Um, again, about 80%. I say that because I, can't, I still can't sing, so I have like the Shane and Shane voice, so anyways. But <clears throat> anyways, my voice is 100% yet, but um, you know, again, long week, um, voice going away, had a four-day week, four week at work um, because my brother um, graduated from Texas A&M Friday, so I had, a <coughs> um, I had a good time with the family this weekend, and just, again, uh, preparing my mindset just to be really, uh, be preaching on Sunday, giving you guys, um, you know, a really a Christ-centered message, and uh, just sharing my heart with you guys about my faith and about my love for Christ. Um, again, just wanna, before I start, I want to give a quick shout-out to, I know the Dave Ray did this, but quick shout-out to all the moms out there, and of course, encourage you guys to go home after this, love your mom, take her out to eat, do something loving uh, for her. I know when I get done here, I'm heading to Waco, taking my mom out to eat, because she's been a blessing uh, for me and in my life, and, um, you know, so we got to show <coughs> um, much, a lot of love to that. Um, again, so today... What I want to talk to you guys about is Paul's legacy that he left behind and his love for Christ. And, um, and I want to begin by saying, you know, legacy. We all know legacy, you know, what we leave behind when we die. Um, again, I don't, it doesn't necessarily have to mean, uh, doesn't, doesn't necessarily have to be after we die. It could be even after we uh, leave out of town, after we leave a school, or just in general, what are you remembered by? by other people, whether you pass away, whether you move to a different city, whether for you seniors, when you guys leave from here and go to your college, what are you going to be remembered by <coughs> when you guys leave, when you guys um, <coughs> are away from, you know, your hometown, away from this earth and things like that. And for the Apostle Paul, it was something that, <coughs> I'm not good with this microphone, so bear with me. Um, again, for the Apostle Paul, it was uh, the life that he left behind was a life that cherished, loved, <clears throat> adored the gospel of Jesus Christ. I mean, he loved it to the max. I mean, we could see in the Bible and just what he wrote and his perspective on life, his perspective on joy, on suffering and death. We could just see just through those, <clears throat> through, through, those um, through his perspective on those things, how much he loved and adored the gospel. Um, and it's pretty clear um, again, in the Bible, and one text I really want to expand on, guys, is Philippians one twenty one: to live is Christ and to die is gain, and pretty much we want to be diving through the book of Philippians. I'll be using other verses, too, as well, um, but I really want to, I love, the book of Philippians is one of my favorite books, and I want to just give a brief background of it. Um, again, Paul wrote the book of Philippians. He wrote it, um, if I'm not mistaken, he actually wrote it while he was in jail, or actually he was prison. And uh, by God's grace, he was able to write this letter to the Philippians to um, thank them, to pray for them, and um, again, to share with them his joy in Christ, to share with them his, his sufferings in Christ, to share with them, again, his passion for Christ. And, um, you know, so again, uh, through that, I want to just kind of expand on Philippians uh, 121, to live as Christ and to die as gain, um, and just... After that, kind of want to, um, again, elaborate more on three, three points. He has his joy in Christ, his sufferings, 
and his death. So pretty much this whole this, this sermon is what I'm going to be talking about. Um, again, but back to Philippians 121, um, if you guys can, can head there in your Bibles. Um, again, we see Paul saying this, Philippians 121, to live is Christ and to die is gain. You know, why did Paul talk this way? When, I, when I'm reading this text, I'm always asking these type of questions. So I'm just like, you know, why did Paul ask us, talk this way? Why did Paul um, say this? And was this to be taken literally? Like, I mean, seriously, I mean, he's talking about death here. I mean, he's talking about, you know, to live is Christ and to die is gain. He's talking about if he dies, he's going to be gain. And usually in our world, in our culture, if someone dies, it's, 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 you know, the world sees it as a sad moment. The world sees it as, okay, not really, you know, it's not a good thing, you know. But for, the, for, the, for Paul, for him, you know, he saw it as gain. You know, for Paul to live was to, Christ, was to glorify Christ, was to love Christ of all his life, was to see everything through the lens of the Bible. And, of course, he said afterwards, you know, if I were to die, it would be the gain. And so, again, I think just through this verse and just through Paul's life, the legacy that he left behind was, was a legacy of, of the gospel, was a legacy to be known by the gospel and, and nothing else, guys, nothing else. And, again, um, and, I, um, and just from that, you know, uh, I have some questions on there for you about Paul's legacy in life. And I really want you guys to think about um, just your legacy that you're going to be leaving behind. Again, it's, I don't, it doesn't necessarily have to be death. It could be also like when you guys graduate, when you guys move to a different, to different city, or just even right now. You know, what are you guys known for right now? You, for those of you who are Christians and for those of you who do claim Christ's name, are you known for in your schools right now, in your high schools, to, uh, as a Christian, you know? Um, are you known for to have a love for the gospel? Are you known um, to be a godly person? Are you known to fight and contend for the faith? You know, for the believers out there right now, for the <clears throat> and so again, um, just right now, take take this time to answer the first two questions, and then after that, I'll give you guys about five minutes for that, and then we'll go over um, the rest. All right, all right. I hate to interrupt, but um, for time's sake, we need to get going. Um, so, um, again, hopefully you guys um, really, I mean, leaders, hopefully uh, y'all really um, uh, expanded those questions to the students really, um, and really got really deep into them. But, again, like I was saying uh, earlier, um, I really want to just really want to talk about um, three things in Paul's life that um, his perspective was just so totally different. And I can even say for some, some of us Christians, our perspective on joy, our perspective on suffering and death, it's not the way it should be. A lot of times we still view those in the lens of the world. We still view them. And <clears throat> those, we, we still view um, suffering, um, death, and joy uh, with weak theology. As, us as Christians sometimes, we believe that those things should have happened to us, but they, those things are really um, things that we cannot um, avoid in the Christian life, and they're going to happen to us. Our joy will be taken away. Our, we will experience suffering, we, and of course, we will die. But again, um, Paul's life, he had a perspective on those things that it was just <clears throat> radically changed because of, his mind, because of his mindset on Christ, because of the gospel just changing his life. And so real briefly, I want to just go over those things um, with you guys. Um, 
And the first one, the first one is, is joy. And um, again, just through the book of Philippians, <clears throat> if I'm, not, if I'm, if I'm uh, not mistaken, the word rejoice occurs nine times in that book. There's only four chapters in that book. So he's constantly telling the Philippians to rejoice, to rejoice in the Lord, to rejoice in this and that. And again, Paul is writing this while he is in, um, a, uh, in jail. He, so he's not in the best circumstances, guys. He's not writing this in, um, <clears throat> you know, his house. He's not writing this in a safe place. I mean, he's writing this during, I could say, during his suffering, during, um, you know, time in prison, during him getting persecuted for the gospel. So he's not writing this, again, you know, in the best of circumstances. But he's experiencing joy. His joy is being rooted in Christ. Um, the word joy occurs four times this letter. And uh, if I could share one of them, I don't want to read them all for the sake of time. But uh, in Philippians 4, 4, he says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Uh, Philippians 4, 10 says, I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at length you have received a concern for me. <clears throat> it goes, so again, he's telling these, the Philippians to rejoice. He himself is rejoicing. And I just love how Paul does not let circumstances dictate his joy. His joy is rooted in Christ alone. His joy is rooted in his identity in Christ. And for me, every, every single time, my joy seems to be sucked away or when I'm experiencing these <clears throat> bad days or low times, I'm always reminded of the gospel. I'm always reminded of the gospel that's driving me to, to remind me who I am in Christ, to remind me that, hey, my joy should not be rooted in material things. It shouldn't be rooted in the things that I love to do. It shouldn't be rooted in running, sports. Uh, video games, but it should be rooted in Christ alone. And I love Paul's perspective just on, um, on his joy in his life, because his life was filled with so much joy. But as we look on to the next point, <clears throat> his suffering was just out there. It was, his suffering was crazy, just the things that he went through for the sake of the gospel. And just if, if you guys don't know the Apostle Paul's life, um, the way he suffered for the gospel was crazy. The way he, uh, he put himself out there, the way he laid his body out on the line for the, go- uh, for the gospel, but yet still tr- uh, experiencing true joy. He paints a perfect picture of what a Christian um, looks like. He paints a, a perfect picture of, of how a Christian should view these things in life. So again, to the next point is his suffering. And if you could turn to 2 Corinthians 11, 24, uh, verse uh, through 28. So 2 Corinthians uh, verse 11, I mean, chapter 11, verses 24 through 28. And I'll read those verses. <clears throat> um, again, uh, we're on sufferings right now. The, the, the title of this passage is Paul's Sufferings as an Apostle. So let's, um, let's dive into the text uh, real briefly. Where's it? Five times, so th- again, he's talking about, um, he's just recalling the accounts of him suffering. He's recalling um, uh, persecution that's happening to him because he's a Christian, because he's sharing the gospel, because he's loving the gospel. So again, um, five times I receive at the hands of the Jews um, uh, less beatings and often their death. Um, five times, hold on, I missed my bad. Five times I receive at the hands of the Jews, 40 lashes, less one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I was adrift to sea on frequent journeys in danger from rivers, danger from robbers, danger from my own people, dangers from Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, and danger from false brothers. Well, even from false, from false um, 
prophets and false teachers. He was um, facing persecution. Uh, in toil and hardship through many a sleepless night, and hunger and thirst, often without food, and cold and exposure. And apart from other things, there's a daily pressure on me of my anxiety for all the churches. I go, so again, guys, that was just a list. I don't even think that was everything that Paul went through that he, that he suffered for. That was just a list. I mean, not only was he physically abused, not only was, was he physically hurt, also spiritually, uh, emotionally, I mean, it says in the text he didn't have any food. It says in the text that he was off, uh, often, um, you know, again, beaten with 40 lashes minus one. Um, it's, just, it's crazy just the sufferings that he went to, and yet he still rejoiced. He still went around Rome, shared the gospel. He wrote about 70% of the New Testament. I mean, this guy was on the run. This guy loved Christ, and the main reason was because his, his passion for the gospel and how God came, pursued him, and rescued him from his sin and doing what he was called to do. And every time I read this text, every time I'm, I'm going through New Testament, Paul's life, Paul, his ministry just constantly blows my mind, and it's something, again, we have a course of Jesus in the New Testament that, you know, paints this perfect person for us, um, Again, we have, then, then we have Paul, who I like to say is like this mega Christian, who paints the perfect picture of what a, a, a Christian striving for God in this should look like and how we should uh, uh, represent that and how he paints that picture for us. And again, so just his sufferings and um, just the way that he viewed those sufferings, the way he viewed them in the Christian life and how they're coming for everybody. Uh, of course, not in that sense. Um, you know, we're not going to get, uh, nowadays, again, in the U.S., we're not going to get beaten. We're not going to get you know, like the things he was talking about. But there's are other ways where we go through trials, you know, maybe getting um, made fun at at school, maybe, um, you know, losing your job or other things. But there's, there's different ways of suffering, guys, that we're going to go through that God is going to um, bring to us for the sake of the gospel and because, of, and because he loves us to discipline us. And so, again, we see from the scriptures the hardships Paul <clears throat> endured for the sake of the gospel. And it didn't really matter to Paul that he was in prison, slandered, um, and, and facing possible execution as long as, he, as the saving gospel of Christ was getting preached. And I pray um, just through his sufferings and through his joy that you guys see that and that, you guys, that, that just drives you guys, compels you guys um, for a greater sacrificial love for the gospel of, of Jesus Christ. Um, and the last one, death, and I kind of already talked about a little bit of this one, but um, again, um, as we see in the text, to live is Christ and to die is gain. Um, <clears throat> Paul's mindset on death was just different than what the world thinks. I mean, nowadays, if, if, you, if you go up to an unbeliever or even a Christian and say, you know, hey, I'm not afraid of death, um, they're probably going to think you're crazy. They're probably going to think you're crazy because everyone wants, we want to live on this earth. We want to um, do as much as we can on this earth. Um, but to the world... It's like, you know, to them, it's different. The perspective is different for him. And Paul had a different perspective on death. He said, again, to live is Christ and to die is gain. So for him, dying was gain because all he was living for was Christ. And you notice in that verse, he doesn't boast about, um, you know, his, his, what he did on earth. He doesn't boast about um, his education or how popular he was or anything like that. But it was just all about Christ. To live is Christ and to die is gain. What, is, what does that mean to you guys? Can we say it with, just like Paul with genuous? Can we say it and mean it? Or for us, you know, not that we, we may not even be afraid of death, but are we actually living for Christ 
We actually live in um, glorifying Christ in everything that we do. And, um, you know, again, through the life of Paul, I really want to encourage you guys to really, um, you know, examine your perspectives on joy, his suffering, on, on death, and things like that. Because, again, um, the bigger picture of all this, of course, I want you guys to see how, how uh, the value of a Christian Paul was. But the bigger picture of all of this it's to point it all back to the gospel. The bigger picture of all of this is to see that because the reason why Paul was like this was because of the gospel, was because of Jesus Christ saving him. And if you're a believer in here and if Jesus Christ has saved you, you know, your drive, your, your life should be the, the exact same way. Of course, sanctification, holiness, you know, all that's a process, but we should be striving as Christians to have those perspectives on life, to be a godly Christian, to glorify God um, you know, in suffering, um, through death, and other things like that. And so, yes, yes, I want you guys to see that, that Paul was, uh, was, this, was this awesome Christian who, who loved Christ, who, who, who uh, made sacri- sacrifices for that. But at the same time, the bigger picture of it, guys, is he was only like that because of God sending his son down on the cross to save him. That's the only reason why he was like that. It's the, Jesus, uh, it's the gospel of Jesus Christ was, had, was compelled him to make all these sacrifices, compelled him to see joy this way, compelled him to see suffering this way, compelled him to see death that way. And that's the bigger picture, guys, is I want you guys to see it like that. I want you, so for those of you guys who are believers in here, you know, I encourage you guys to, to um, you know, let the scriptures scream at you, grace, let the scriptures scream at you that, hey, um, <clears throat> you know, I could paint, I could, I could live this life Paul is living, I could live this life these other Bible characters in the Bible are living. And for those of you who aren't Christians, and I encourage you guys, as long as, you know, you're still breathing that, Christ, just like he saved me, like he saved Dave, these other leaders, these other believers in here, but he can also save you. And so I just I pray that for um, the unbelievers in here that, um, again, Christ died for the ungodly. Christ died for sinners to save you from the wrath of God, to save you from your sin. And I'm telling you guys, there's no better relationship than that. And so, again, as, um, as I close this message out today, I, re- I want to share one more verse with you guys before you guys go through the last three discussion questions. And that's 2 Timothy 4, 7, um, really good verse, um, one of my favorite verses. Um, Paul is saying this, 2 Timothy is probably the last letter that Paul wrote, um, <clears throat> but this is what he says, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, and I have kept the faith. And let that be every believer's um, prayer in here, let that be what every believer says um, when, that person, when that person's time is up. Uh, when God is finally calling you. And um, again, I just pray that we could, as believers in here, that we keep fighting the good fight of faith, that we could be armed, because this, this <clears throat> the Christian um, life is not for the unarmed. You have to be prepared for it, guys, to, to fight and persevere. <clears throat> Next, he says, I finished the race. Um, <clears throat> Paul persevered to the end. Paul endure, endured the race. Just like uh, someone finishing a marathon, they're, they're uh, enduring to the end not letting anything entangle them to slow them down. Um, and Paul did that. And finally, he said, I've kept the faith. He kept the faith he, of the one who rescued him from sin and darkness. Um, and, um, and it's just a glorious thing of, of, of Paul's life. And again, the bigger picture of it is, is the gospel, guys. And I just pray that um, you guys can see that. You guys can be encouraged by that. And um, I'll close this out in prayer, and then you guys can finish the last three discussion questions. But thank you guys for... Thank you, Dave, for letting me speak. You guys have been awesome. 
and um, let's close it out in prayer. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we uh, <clears throat> thank you, Heavenly Father, for um, first off Mother's Day, Father. Again, I want to pray for the mothers out there, and I just pray you'll continue to um, bless them, you'll continue to give them a love like no other, their care for their children and just other people. Um, God, for the message tonight, and I just pray that um, it can encourage um, the body of Christ to um, <coughs> um, really just examine um, their life, really examine their legacy, really examine their perspectives on joy, suffering, and death, God. And I just pray um, um, that, again, Father God, that it could um, be real to us, something that we could take seriously. And, again, um, for the believers, that we could just let the gospel um, drive us to that, to that end, God. And, Father, I thank you again for... Um, Constantly pursuing us, constantly calling us to your name, constantly wanting to get to know us, as surprising as that sounds, um, but that you love us, God, and that you sent your son on the cross to die for us, that you, you sent your son on the cross to, um, so we could be reconciled to your name. And, um, Father, there's, there's just no better thing just to have a relationship with God. There's no better thing than the gospel of Jesus Christ. And um, just pray for people in here who aren't Christians that, Father, you could pursue them, you could woo them to the faith, God. And, um, Again, Father, thank you again for your grace and for your love and just for constantly lavishing your grace upon our lives. Uh, may we not see you for anything than what it is, and um, may we love you and cherish you. We pray all these things in your precious name. Amen.